This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. So I got an interview today you're going to want to hear with an FBI agent. I'll do a lot of interviews on the show, as you know. I like to talk to you directly. We do interviews on the radio show, but this one's worth your time. Kyle Serfin, former FBI agent who is uh, now being, I believe, targeted by a lot of people to shut him down and shut him up. He'll be on the show today. I've got a lot ahead for you, including what happened with Kanye West yesterday and my comments on it. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. Folks, going online without a VPN is like leaving your kid with a stranger while you go to the bathroom. Most of the time, you're probably okay, but you really want to take that chance? I don't. Get a VPN. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Got a loaded show for you today. Also want to cover BlackRock, the Great Reset crowd, ESG, falling apart. Questions for Dan. Marshall's at the border. A lot of stuff to talk about on Friday. Today's show brought to you by GenuCell. It's Christmas and the holiday season, everyone. Time for gift giving, parties with friends and family, getting compliments everywhere you go and looking years younger. Thanks to GenuCell. Listen, ladies and gents, don't take my word for it. Trust my wife, Paul, on this one. Amazing products that truly work. GenuCell products make the perfect gift this holiday season. From now until Christmas, GenuCell's most popular package is 70% off at GenuCell.com slash Dan. Treat yourself and a loved one to the absolute best skincare in the world. See those troubling forehead wrinkles, fine lines, skin redness, pesky bags, and puffiness, and yes, even sagging jawlines disappear right before your eyes with GenuCell's most popular collection. With its immediate effects, see results in less than 12 hours, guaranteed or your money back. Included in every most popular package is your free hyaluronic acid serum for skin hydration that will restore your youthful appearance. Go to GenuCell.com slash Dan. That's G-E-N-U-C-E-L. GenuCell.com slash Dan. Now enter my special code Dan for an additional 10% off your entire order. Every order today is instantly upgraded to free express shipping. GenuCell.com slash Dan. That's GenuCell.com slash Dan. Producer Joe... It is Friday, thankfully, so if you would, kind sir. It's Friday! Yeah! Yeah! Yes, it is Friday. Yeah! And I love Friday. Yeah! You know why? Not because it's Friday, but because tomorrow's Saturday. And I don't have to get up <laughs> at 4 o'clock in the morning. Which Joe's like, 4 o'clock? When I was doing the morning show, I was up at 2. You should be glad you're sleeping in. Joe calls 4 o'clock, sleeping in. All right, let me get yeah. right to the show. I got a lot to stack in today. So, um... Listen, a very serious note here. Uh, nah, yeah, we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not doing this. I, I stay out of a lot of this kind of pop culture stuff when people do and say stupid things because I'll, I candidly I just don't want to waste your time with it. I got about fifty minutes of content with you every day, and I'm not going to waste it on what some dopey celebrity said. And as I've told you often. If we can use a celebrity to advance liberty and freedom and they say something that helps our cause, fine. But we should never, I've said this a thousand times, matter of fact, specifically about Kanye. But we should not be uh, allying with these people, allying with these people if we're unsure of their motives and who they are. 
And it's because of incidents like what happened yesterday. Kanye West went on InfoWars yesterday. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the man is clearly a deeply disturbed guy. He went on the show. You need to watch this. If you're listening on audio only, please watch this portion on Rumble, rumble.com slash Bongino. The visuals, are, you'll see what I mean. He went on to InfoWars and he went on the show in, I don't even know what it is, like a black face mask, like a ninja suit with no eyes on it, no eye holes. This is a deeply disturbed guy, Kanye West, at this point. There's something going on with this guy and he doesn't, need to be on other people's shows right now. He needs to be getting help. I am a free speech absolutist. You know that I put my money where my mouth is there. He has the right to speak. That doesn't mean that we have to then listen to it and digest it, and not criticize it either, because we have the right to speak too. And I'm going to take advantage of my right to speak right now. So here's what went down on InfoWars yesterday. Cue up for me here, cut one. He... Kanye West says uh, pretty directly, this isn't an out of context thing, or maybe you heard him wrong. Listen to his own words. That um, the Nazis did some good things. Huh? Check this out. I've said it, the most Nazi-like activities I've seen, um, and, and the Nazis, in my view, were thugs that shook people down did a lot of really bad things. But they did good things, too. We're going to stop dissing the Nazis all the time. Nah, nah, we're not gonna we're not gonna stop this in the Nazis. Uh, nope, we are not gonna stop dissing the Nazis, folks. Listen, uh, this subject means a lot to me because the idea of mass extermination of people due to their religion uh, does that really require any additional explanation? Sadly, it apparently does. So I. I Sometimes people ask me for a book list. They say, Dan, you mentioned books a lot. You should have a book list. I, I know. I'm, I'm sorry I haven't gotten to it. But one of the books I mention often that I uh, really strongly encourage you to read is Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning. It's his firsthand account of what it was like living in the concentration camps. How uh, the conditions were so horrible between the you know near starvation, um, freezing to death in many cases, uh, what people would, would would do to stay alive, how they were all crammed onto wooden boards and slept at night and would have to move in unison with each other just to not fall off the wooden board. I mean, the conditions we're doing our job in school and actually teaching people the history of what happened were 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 beyond horrifying. But in Frankel's book, it's a hard read. It's a hard read. I don't recommend you read it all at one time. It's a very emotional read. He talks about how even through this horror of the Holocaust, how the, the men in the camps that he was with, you can tell when they gave up. The, man's, he, he, the book is about man's search for meaning, and he found meaning in just hope. Hope that tomorrow may be better. The camp would be liberated. You'd see your wife and kid again. And when... The, the men in that concentration camp gave up and gave up all hope. It's all over. I'm never getting out of here. I'm never going to see my, my wife again. He said there was nothing you could do to get them off the board to go to work in these concentration camps. Nothing. You could poke them, torture them, stab them. That was, they were dead. They were effectively dead. And, they would, and he says they would run into the wire. The wire was an electrified fence. And they just killed themselves. 
So no, the the, the Nazis, Kanye did did not do did not do good did not do good things. Gets worse, folks. We got to talk about this stuff. We're adults, and I you know however disturbing it is to bring this up, we've got to talk about this stuff. You can't just allow this to go and brush it under the rug. We're not doing that. Not on this show. Here's part two of this. These are all quick. Well, I'm not going to play the whole thing. Uh, here's Kanye saying um, he likes Hitler. Listen yourself. I'm, I'm tired of hearing I'm a Nazi. I'm really sick because I'm not. But I think by them falsely I, accusing I, people, some people are going to become Nazis. I, I am. I am. <coughs> now what? I am. Now what? Now I'm a Nazi. Well, he, that's the one where he says he's a Nazi. Play the other one next. Uh, he's a Nazi. Again, we got to talk about it. I'm going to have my recommendation about what we do here. Uh, you know, we as a movement going forward with this kind of stuff, I mean, obviously condemn this in the strongest, strongest, visceral possible terms. This isn't a political thing. I mean, you know, of course, Democrats will try to make it. That's what they do. It's about just respecting decency of human life, which Nazis didn't do. Here's the last part where, again, he likes Hitler, which is um, fascinating considering he's a black man and um, Hitler may have been one of the most evil human beings to ever walk on this rock we call planet Earth. And I'm reasonably confident that black men are not like black uh, back. This is just uh, tough stuff, folks. Here, check this out. You're not Hitler. You're not a Nazi. You don't deserve to be called that and demonized. Well, I I see I I see good things about Hitler. Also, the Jew. I love everyone. Every human being has something of value that they brought to the table, especially Hitler. Well, you saw that, and uh, you uh, you're probably shaking your head like I am. Here's my recommendation. Here again, I am a free speech advocate. Always have been. It uh, is the fight. It is the fight of my life. I do not want to die and leave this rock we call Earth without having an impact on the free speech movement. Free speech is uh, its a, not an easy fight. It's not because people want to jump down your throat. The thing about free speech is you have to defend the abhorrent speech and the right to say it, but you don't have to defend the content of it. Matter of fact, you should be able to condemn it with your free speech, and you should do so loudly. A man needs help, folks. He is clearly deeply disturbed. He's not need to be going on anyone else's show. This is, uh, you know, having him on the show at this point, is just a, a ploy and a play for clicks and likes or whatever. And look, a guy will melt down on my show. No, no more. No more. Just get this guy the help he needs. All right. On a better note than that horrible story, I wanted to get that out of the way because you deserve my thoughts on it. You spend a lot of time with me. I spend a lot of time with you. Folks, uh, a lot of people get down and in the dumps. They feel like the culture war, the political war, economic war against us, the inflation war. They feel like there's never a light at the end of the tunnel. We can't win. Matter of fact, some of the questions today, we're going to do questions for Dan. We're very dour and down as if there's no light at the end of this tunnel. There's no upside to this political process. There's no upside to our activism. I'm here to tell you not only is there an upside, because I live here in Florida where we transformed an entire state, one of the 
two or three most powerful states in the union. We completely transformed it from a blue Obama state to a purple state to a blood red state. So it is possible. Like we did it here. We're winning in the smaller issues too. I've been warning you for a while about this ESG investing, environmental, social governance investing. Here's the long and short of it. It's a bunch of great reset crowd globalists who want corporations to be bullied into investing into social justice warrior causes, BLM, Green New Deal stuff, all of this garbage and junk that's a, nothing but a, a, a big con job for corporate America to make money off the taxpayers. So we've had enough. And down here in Florida, where they have moose things hanging between their legs, they just pulled this one. Reuters, Florida pulls $2 billion from BlackRock in the largest anti-ESG divestment we've seen yet. Yes, this is how it's done. You political pressure and your votes matter. BlackRock, run by Larry Fink, this large investment firm, wants to pressure corporations around the world into Green New Deal nonsense. You pressure all you want, BlackRock. You're a free, free market private company. Knock yourself out, daddy-o. We'll knock ourselves out, too. This is a big deal, ladies and gentlemen. Two billions on a small amount of money. BlackRock wants to get behind the Green New Deal, bankrupting America and enriching China. You go right ahead. We'll take our money back. Now, here's a guy who runs BlackRock, Larry Fink. He's been a star of this show for all the wrong reasons. Here he was the other day at this New York Times book thing with Aaron, uh, was Aaron Ross Sorkin? I met him once. He was nice to me when I ran into him. Nice enough guy. Uh, here he is talking about how the Inflation Reduction Act, which has done nothing to actually reduce inflation, ironically, but was a Green New Deal boondoggle. Oh, really? That BlackRock would stand to profit from through their environmental, social, ESG, social justice war invest, social justice war investing. Really weird how Larry Fink seems to love the IRA, the Inflation Reduction Act, because they're going to get rich or they're going to die trying. Check this out. Secretary Yellen talked about the IRA, which we are very bullish on and what that impact will do. Those types of subsidies that are coming from the government to invest in decarbonization, it's going to produce 12, 13, 14 percent returns very easily. Uh, we've done investments like that already. Really? Double digit returns on this, Joe? Wow. Side me up, baby. Oh, yeah. Really? Daddy. Double digit returns on Green New Deal stuff? I hadn't heard that before. Maybe it's because I read the news. Barron's ESG funds are having a lousy year. What, what to do now? That's that's just Barron's, a big far right wing rag known as Barron's, right? Kind of crazy. Larry Fink and them are getting real rich off this by money flowing into these funds if they can pressure it. The problem is you're getting really poor. Here's the real Larry Fink, folks. Played this cut often, but you need to see it again. Again, the guy running BlackRock. Why is this important? Because BlackRock manages hundreds of billions of dollars of money and is using that, that, that financial pressure to go and influence boards to do all this environmental crap that's bankrupting you. These are the, this is what the Great Reset crowd wants. Totalitarian, top-down government that can enact predictability on the market. You'll hear Larry Fink say it in a second. And then companies in that market, they want to benefit China style from the government having their back. You get it? This is the new kind of corporate environment they want. 
Businesses in hock to a totalitarian government where the voters have no say. And the middlemen, the Larry Finks of the world, get rich allocating the funds between the two. Maybe that's why he loves totalitarian governments and thinks democracies are messy. He didn't say that. Oh, he did. Take a listen. Uh, uncertainty. Markets don't like uncertainty. Markets like actually totalitarian governments where you have a uh, understanding of what's out there. And obviously, we're, uh, the whole dimension is changing now with, uh, as you said, a democratization of, uh, of countries. And, and democracies are very messy, as we know in the United States. Uh, you have opinions changing back and forth. <laughs> a lot of opinion changing. Yeah. We have a name for that. It's called representative democracy, opinion change. God forbid. You, they, you understand they love this stuff. This has become a big business, big government symbiote now. I always laugh when they, oh, you conservatives are all in it for big business. No, we're in it for big freedom. If big business agrees with big freedom, I'm all in it for big business. If big business is into big government, I am as anti-big business as possible. No one talks about BlackRock more than me. Nobody. This is who's running BlackRock. We can fight back. $2 billion removed from them. This is not a waste of your time, folks. All right, let me move on because I got Kyle coming up. Uh, the FBI agent, he is definitely worth your time. You know what? Let me get to my next sponsor. I'm going to get to a Red State article. Something I, I really worries me. The allocation of air marshals to the border and opportunity costs. And then the questions are really good this week. I think they cover what a lot of people are thinking. Uh, excuse me, folks. My nose, I'm having a bit of a tough time with my nose. Again, folks, freedom's not free. It carries a price paid by our nation's heroes like Lieutenant Commander Matt Stevens, who suffered major injuries from combat in Iraq. Once back home, he continued to fight the lingering effects of his scars of war and ultimately a battle with stage four cancer. Lieutenant Commander Stevens passed away, sadly, in May of 2019. Not because cancer won, but because, as his wife Jen says, he loved until his heart had no more to give. That's when Folds of Honor stepped in, providing life-changing scholarships for four of Matt and Jen's six children. Folds of Honor's mission now includes families of fallen or disabled first responders. This year alone, they've awarded 9,000 scholarships. Folks, let me just get to the point here. In the script, Folds of Honor is my favorite charity out there. If you are going to give your life or a piece of your body for this country, the least we can do is take care of your kids and get them to school so they can earn a living. This is a great, great charity. I can't say enough about them. I wear their shirts often. You'll see me wearing them. Folds of Honor. The website is foldsofhonor.org slash squadron. Foldsofhonor.org slash squadron. They have a great need. and They need patriots like you. Join Folds of Honor today with a recurring donation of $13 a month. That's it. We would really appreciate it. $13 a month. Foldsofhonor.org slash squadron. Join the mission today. Foldsofhonor.org slash squadron. We really appreciate it, folks. This is my favorite charity. A lot of great charities. This is my favorite. They do amazing work. Dan Rooney does an incredible job. With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate megastores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. Okay, back to the show. 
This story uh, should open up your eyeballs because it, there's something I, the concept of opportunity cost in economics I brought up often. It's something I bring up often on the show. One, because I love economics, but I don't like to bore you with stupid terms, but it's a term you should learn. Opportunity cost is very simple. It's the cost of a foregone opportunity. Best example I can give is he's a talented video guy. He does a lot of video cutting, editing, cuts for the Dan Bongino Show channel. Now, Guy could engage in other noble work as well. Guy could decide to mow lawns. Nothing wrong with mowing lawns, folks. All work is noble. The problem is he can't earn a lot of money for mowing lawns because pretty much anyone who can operate a lawnmower can mow a lawn. So they can't bid up the price of their labor because they'll just go to someone else who can mow a lawn. Guy's skill set, Joe as well on the audio side, are hard to come by. I don't know how to do it. I have no idea. I don't know how to do what Joe does. I don't know how to do what Guy does. So they can bid their labor up and say, well, I want more. So if Guy decides tomorrow to go and mow lawns, yes, Guy may make $10 an hour mowing lawns, but he's really, say he's making $100 an hour, whatever. Guy really lost $90 an hour. How, Dan? He's making $10 an hour mowing lawns. No, he's not. He is losing 90 by not engaging in this highest value added activity, which is the $100 an hour video processing. There is an opportunity cost of time, too. This is what I'm going to talk to you about, Kyle, too, the FBI agent a little bit later, about what the FBI is up to surveilling all these January 6th people and other things. There's an opportunity cost. When you're doing that, investigating the January 6th people as if it's the worst disaster in human history, when you're doing that, what you're not doing is investigating terrorists and kidnappers and threats on United States soil against our citizens, bank robbers and otherwise, financial criminals. Why? Because the FBI works eight hours a day. If eight hours a day you're looking for January 6th people and stop the steel rallies, then I got news for you. You're not out there looking for actual bad guys. Which reminded me of this story in Red State being the newsletter today. Federal air marshals, wait, federal air, yes, federal air marshals are planning a mutiny against the Biden administration after being stripped from 99% of commercial flights. Thought I read that headline wrong. Being air marshals stripped from flights, and what's the point? What are they doing, these air marshals? Oh yes, they're at the border, being sent to the border to help the border patrol because the Biden administration doesn't want to do a damn thing about the border. It's called an opportunity cost to time. So now you air marshals, which you're not protecting your flights. God forbid there's a hijacking that an air marshal was pulled from on that flight. How's the Biden administration going to justify that? The answer is they won't. They'll just lie about it and the press will cover for them and a fact checker will do some fact checker BS. There's an opportunity cost to time too. The story's a disgrace. These guys are supposed to be in the air. That's their job. I'll ask Kyle maybe about that too later. There's an opportunity cost to time, folks. All right, because it's Friday, we do questions for Dan. I've neglected it the last couple of weeks because we've had a couple things going on. And uh, I really enjoyed this. We got good questions today. So time for questions for Dan. Hey, Dan, at T-Goad. T-Goad gets a lot of questions in here. Why is it so hard to elect good people? You want to know the truth, T-Goad? Because people are full of crap. And I'm, I'm, <laughs> Joe, you've, listen, come on. Yeah. You've been in this game longer than me. 
Joe was the radio guy in yeah. Baltimore and one of the biggest stations in Baltimore. He's, he's interviewed, spoke to a thousand politicians, probably more. They're all liars. Yeah, blowbacks. They go up there, I'm going to cut your taxes, yeah. going to reform <laughs> public schools, defend the right to life and your right to bear arms. The minute they get a focus group and they get off and get in office, it tells them not to do that. Oh, I changed my mind. We're not doing that. that. I'm sorry, but that's the hard reality. That is, that's why they do that because they're full of crap. How do you not find people full of crap? We got to vet them better. Get them at debates and stuff. Start asking them questions in public forums. Hey, Dan at Liberty Jones. How can Republicans utilize early voting and ballot harvesting to their advantage? We got to beat the Democrats at their own game and win by all means necessary. Thank you. Thank you, Liberty Jones. I can't, I don't, I can't, I can't hear it anymore from people on our side of the aisle saying, this is nonsense. Don't vote early. Only vote on election day. Early voting's for Democrats. You know what's also for Democrats? Winning elections. Down here in Florida, where we've mastered the uh, early voting and vote by mail process, it stinks. I hate it. I wish there wasn't one, but there is. The Republicans took advantage of it. They have sample ballots that go out. The Republican Party gets their sample ballots out early. Everybody knows how to canvas and see who mailed their ballots in and knock on the doors of those who haven't. And you know what happened? We won the darn state by 20 points. You want two simple answers we can do right now? Get your sample ballots out early. Here's who the local GOP thinks is best for you and for your taxes. Second, Find out who hasn't got their mail-in ballot. Knock on their doors. Get your volunteers out there. If they got it, ask them why they haven't mailed it in. It's how the Democrats win, folks. It's no more complicated than that. You vote on election day, the Democrats vote for a month. Who's going to win? It's obvious. My life's hero. Hey, Dan, I loved your holiday special podcast with the interviews from the Patriot Awards. Thank you. We had a good time. Gee, wouldn't it? We had a good time there. That was a blast. He said they... Uh, he says, your energy with the live crowd made for a great show. It was them, not me, man. They, uh, there was like a, a vibe there. It kind of got into my veins, man, right there. Would you ever consider occasional live podcasts in the future? You could even charge for tickets for your favorite charities. Here's the answer, and I'll break this today to you. Joe and Guy, you may hear this for the first time, too, and it's okay. Next week's my last show. Just kidding. Just kidding. He's like, what are you talking about? Thanks, I like this job. No, I'm messing with you. No, I'm messing with you. <laughs> Joe, you know I tell you. Just, I'm kidding. No, we are going to. Paula right now is working on a road show. Road show. Um, it's going to be tough for us. It's a lot of flying, a lot of buses and stuff. Uh, we're going to pick some. We have some suggestions for towns and cities. We don't want them all like L.A., St. Louis, New York. We want places, you know, sometimes people don't get to. You know, T South Dakota. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we are going to be doing some live shows. I know you are. Guy is it's going to be because that that Patriot Award show was crazy. It's been Joe's been to him at CPAC, right? It's just a different show. The, the energy, just the crowd, just feeds into you. So yes, I'll keep you updated on that. Uh, at Ann Ade or Aid and Aid, Dan, you think liberals will do something to keep Donald Trump from running for president? Yes, yes, they're going to try to indict him. Absolutely, a hundred percent. They're going to try to indict him. Don't be shocked if an indictment comes down. Both, by the way, not just at the federal level. Probably in New York State or New York City, too. So the answer to that, unfortunately, is yes. All right. At Real Talk Claude, I'm getting this question a lot. I should have addressed this in the last couple of days. Forgive me, but again, I don't want to be first. I want to be right. That matters to me. Hey, Dan, when you were in the Secret Service, did you all ever have to rent vehicles from rental car companies? 
The story seems sketchy. The story about the Secret Service rental cars, you hear it, folks. Five of them uh, were on, uh, got set on fire or, or went on fire. So I've never seen anything but black SUVs, even when I'm out, I'm out in D.C. Please explain. Let me get to the bottom of this. I've probed around. The Secret Service rental car fire story. Yes, to answer your first question, we rent cars all the time. Wow, that's weird, Dan. It is weird. But we don't rent cars for what you think. They're not in the what we would call secure package, the motorcade. We don't use rental cars for that. How do you think the agents get around, folks? They don't take the secure vehicles. So let me just put you in the head of an advance agent, in the body of an advance agent. I'm the transportation motorcade guy. I got to get out to Pennsylvania because Biden's going to go to Pennsylvania a week in advance to advance and secure the motorcade route. It takes about a week to put it together. How do you think I get around? You rent a car. So I'm just saying, it could it be sketchy? It could be. If I had information, you know, I wouldn't hide it from you. I don't do that. No one blows a whistle better than us. I left the Secret Service to be a whistleblower. But the story may just be that they rented a really crappy rental car, one on fire, and set the other ones on fire next to it because they all returned them at the same time. So they were parked next to each other. Yeah, we rent cars all the time. All the time. This one was chosen by Yi. I don't know why he put this in here. It's obvious. At Marth Vader, not Darth Vader. Hey, Dan, why do you let Yi eat all your Omaha Steaks burgers? How does he do that? Does he have a license to come into your house and raid your freezer? Uh, yeah, he does. We have a freezer downstairs. I told him he could take it, and he does. Um, I, I let him, number one, because I, I know he likes them. But number two, it's good food, and they send me a lot of good stuff. But number three, I, I eat the steaks a lot. I love the steaks. And a lot of times we just order out too. So, you know, just because we're busy. So, yes, he can eat them. And I'm glad he enjoys them. He loves the Omaha Steak Burgers. Thank you, Martha Vader. At Annalise. Hey, Dan, why is Mitch McConnell allowed to continue as leader in the Senate? Because of the Dan Bongino golden rule, which is most Republicans on Capitol Hill are really Democrats. However, no Democrats on Capitol Hill are really Republicans. And access to power, i.e. McConnell, is important. Pledge him your vote. He'll pledge you uh, to pass some bill or something like that. That's how the horse trade works. All right. We'll get to my uh, friend Kyle uh, Serafin here in a moment. Well, one more spot here, and then we'll take one quick break during the interview. For years, you've heard me talk about iTarget. If you have one, I'm about to take you to the next level. If not, this new product is something you need to get. You ever seen competitive shooters practice timing drills on the range? Imagine being able to do that at home anytime you want without spending a dime on ammo. That's what the all-new iTarget Cube does. The iTarget Cube is fully compatible with your existing laser rounds. You can buy one or upgrade to the three-pack. That's what I have for a truly unique training experience. Folks, this will take your, your pistol and handgun skills to the next level. You can also use it with 223 as well. Compete with friends, practice clearing drills, or use random mode to test your ability to react all while the system times every shot you take. Right now, save 10% plus free shipping with the offer code DAN when you go to itargetpro.com. That's I-T-A-R-G-E-T, itargetpro.com. Itarget comes in most calibers, from 9mm to 223, so you can train with almost any firearm. It's the easiest and most cost-effective way to train. It pays for itself in a single day. That's the letter, itargetpro.com. 
itargetpro.com. Use offer code Dan. You're going to love this system. It's fantastic. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. Comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers in the role made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals and a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. All right. Uh, without uh, further delay, this is our good friend, former FBI agent, now turned patriot and whistleblower, has a lot of the goods on what's going on with this surveillance state. Our friend, Kyle Serafin. Always an honor to welcome back to the show one of our most popular guests, if not our most popular guest of all time, a former FBI agent, a patriot, a friend, a whistleblower, a guy we need more of, Kyle Serafin. Kyle, welcome back to the show. Always good to have you. Hey, thanks so much for having me on, Dan. I appreciate of, it. Of, yeah, of course, man. So I want to get to your personal situation um, and how various entities are coming after you right now for telling the truth, trying to clean up the FBI. I think you're doing a public service, of course. Uh, other entities don't feel that way. But first, so there was a story this week. You were on my radio show and discussed it a little bit. We have a little more time here about the FBI and this geofence warrant on January 6th. Basically, if you were anywhere near um, the Capitol or the White House South grounds, I, a lot of people didn't even know these geofence cell phone warrants existed. Your cell right. phone got picked up by some effectively general warrant. And the FBI knows you were there and could potentially have some intelligence file on you. How, how does this surveillance even work? A lot of people are new to this. Yeah. So f first of all, we should note that when intelligence officers go and do active work, they leave cell phones behind. You can't bring them with you. They're an absolute liability, right? So your phone is picking up all kinds of information and it's storing it. Whether you have it in airplane mode or not, it doesn't matter. Like it's it's out there pinging Wi-Fi networks. A lot of people go to uh, to airplane mode and leave Wi-Fi on. So anytime that it pings against a Wi-Fi network, it's constantly doing this kind of call and response where it's asking to, to join networks. The same thing is true with Bluetooth. Um, the same team is true with the, the GPS that you've got on there. So you've got all these tracking chips and that's why whenever you go somewhere and you walked past a store or something and then you didn't have your phone on you or it wasn't turned on, but you know, two days later you get an ad for the gap or something because you walk through a mall, it's because they know where you were at all times. And the, and the big tech companies sell these things. Right. So they're, they're selling the data. That's that's the big kind of product that they're out there is it's you. It's an aggregated group of people that are doing a certain type of thing that some advertisers looking for. And when that happens, you know, you, you may be taking your phone to a political rally and you're allowed to do that. You're allowed to go to a political rally because this is right. America. But it doesn't mean that Google's not collecting on you and Apple's not collecting on you and all the other big tech companies. So the geofence warrant, what it does is it, it's a, a couple parts, What you and, and everybody runs off what are called ponies. Uh, ponies are just like a template in, inside the FBI. So we send these things off. The first time that we know that we might need something, we'll send a preservation letter. It's the legal process that goes out there. It goes to Google, it goes to Apple, it goes to Facebook, it goes to whoever. And it says, you know, hold on to all your records related to fill in the blank thing. And then we have different time amounts, whether it be, you know, 30, 60, 90 days, something like that to, to comply with an actual court order to get the information. Uh, and that information can be really, really broad right now, especially with this, what these geofences are. And 
what they are is it's a geographic location and a duration of time and everything inside of it. So, you know, we have specialized crews. They're called the FBI CAST agents. Uh, CAST stands for Cellular Analysis Survey Team. I always have to look up the acronyms. Um, but they're out there and they literally get like this huge spreadsheet with all the, the variables and the movements. And they can track your phone in real time, you know, or you know, simulated real time back in time. And they're going to walk you through where you were in the Capitol. They're going to walk where you were on the, on the grounds. They're going to, uh, you know, they're, they're just going to reconstruct your steps. And anytime that you you know, pinged off a, a Bluetooth or a Wi-Fi or anything like that, it'll give them even more confirmation than just what the, the cell towers tell them. And, you know, they're legal right now, but there's a lot of contention about it. Uh, yeah. And Kyle, <laughs> I mean, you know, you and I being, you know, constitutionalists, God forbid these days as former feds here. What's the difference between that and what the Chinese Communist Party's doing? I mean, I'm not meaning to be hyperbolic. I mean, in a literal sense, like, let's put all the, the bulls aside. The Chinese yep. Communist Party does the exact same thing. If you go to a rally they don't like against the Chinese Communist Party, they can then get, they don't need a warrant. I mean, you call it a warrant, whatever. I mean, it doesn't even matter. It's a general warrant. Not, you were just there and they yep. go and find you. I mean, Am I missing something? Like, what's the difference? It's very, very similar. So let's let's talk about a really narrow scope. And this is where kind of people defend it for, like, let's say a bank robbery. OK, so a bank robbery happens. We know what time the the teller was robbed because the, the you know, the door was tagged when that when the someone came in and the, and the drawer was opened. And so we know that time and we can sync it up to the surveillance and we see that there was a note job and someone passed over a note to the teller. OK, so that's really specific. And then everybody stayed inside the building because they've got cameras on the doors and one person left. And we could theoretically geofence that and see that one person left, got in a car and drove really fast. So you could tie that to, you know, the user data of that particular phone, the Google account, you know, whatever sort of uh, YouTube and whatever other things that they've provided. And they're all kind of sucked up in this big aggregate machine that spits out this profile of you. Great. And then we can see where that phone normally lives. And then we can go find your house and we can get you for this bank robbery. That's the best case scenario for a geofence warrant. Um and then you've got what happened on the January 6th situation where they just dropped, you know, a, uh, a fence, an invisible fence line in the past after people are already there in areas that were not listed as non-permissive. And I've got friends that were caught up in this stuff. So that's what's really wild. You know, there are two FBI agents that are buddies of mine and they were at the rally. They walked from the um, from the ellipse and they walked over and they watched what happened and they had their lunch. But they were sitting kind of like on this lower hill and they couldn't see that things were getting real spicy, you know, on the other side. And then they got a whiff of tear gas and they, they told me that they saw people getting out of vans that were wearing all black. And they were like, we're out of here. This is not going to be good. So they left. The FBI suspended them for what I would call, you know, politically, you know, protected political activities. They're, they're allowed to go do the thing that they were doing. Yeah. You <laughs> know who else they were would call it that, that location. The founding fathers would call that protected activity too. So you're not the only one. But this is what right. the fearsome component of because you can do something doesn't mean you should. It's what worries me about people like you not being in the FBI. You have a lot of follows or just follow orders people. Like does anybody, when you were there, right? So you, you lived it. I was on an FBI agent, different entity, right? When you were there, does anybody ever say, you know, we live in the United States of America, probable cause to get a warrant, things like the Constitution, I'm not suggesting this happened in my entity either, but I know a few guys who were disturbed by stuff. Does anybody ever say like, this doesn't sound right? Like maybe we shouldn't be 
doing this? Well, you kind of see what happens if you do that, right? So you get tossed out. Uh, you got people like my buddy Steve Friend who went up and talked to his yeah. boss and said the same thing. And they question whether or not you have the capacity to do this work. There's a lot of blind obedience to the FBI. There's a lot of belief that it's the right thing to do at all times, that they're always in the right, and that you got to protect the entity that is the Bureau. But, you know, my oath wasn't to the Bureau. It was to the Constitution. And a, a lot of what people forget, you know, the Constitution doesn't give us any rights. It restricts the governments from infringing on our personal rights. These are God-given rights. These are things that we believe as Americans that we're born with. So my ability to go and protest or gather and, and petition Congress or my, you know the government, those are all things that are innate yeah. as a human being. That's that's what we believe as Americans, whether people know it or not anymore. It's, you know, civics has kind of fallen off. But you, it's, it's troubling because you see a lot of these folks that are looking at, we talked about the golden handcuffs when you and I first sat down. Yeah. You know, I just had a, there's an article in, in uh, town hall and I don't want to give it any more credence than it needs, but it went from, uh, it's an author that was my former supervisor and, you know, he was a coward. <laughs> he hid, he got into a 14 job at GS 14, which is a supervisory job. And he knew what he was doing was, you know, cowardly. And he just wrote out the last 18 months so that he could get to his pension. And he did all the nasal swabs that they asked him, even though he didn't get the COVID shots, he just played along until he could get out. And now he's writing these great pieces about how the FBI is so noble. It's not, you know, there's a lot of great people. I know them. Uh, some of them have never done anything wrong. They've never been asked to do anything wrong. And they've never been put in a situation where they've got to make a call for all their chips. But what we see is, is that when people did, people went to Mar-a-Lago, the whole team went there and did the raid. People flew down, got on a, you know, got on a, a plane and flew from Washington, D.C. And I, like I said, I don't know all of them, but I know the guy who signed the receipt for the search warrant. I know him personally and I, and I sat next to him for years. So and he's a decent human being. Like, I don't I don't have any animosity towards the guy, but given the opportunity to do the right thing, it didn't happen. So that's that's very troubling. Right. I mean, well, there's a lot of it. In it there. is. And I think. You know, guys like you and me, and this isn't like a self-laudatory moment. You're not that kind of guy either. This guy, believe me, folks, I've known this guy for a while. He doesn't take a compliment at all. He'll shut you right down. But but in a serious moment, though, you know, I felt the same way. You know, at the end of the Secret Service in my time there, I saw Barack Obama as the president. You know, it was my duty to protect him and to do it to the best of my ability. We're not a third world republic. But I just didn't want to be part of the direction the country was going in it. People always thought there was some ulterior motive. I'm sure you get that too all the time. And I'm like, uh, no, I mean, I almost went bankrupt doing it. So I, I think that's why, you know, you and I get along. We just understand uh, what's going on. Let me ask you about this geofencing as well, because you seem to have a really good grasp about it. These cell phone dragnets. If these things work so well on January 6th with 6,000 people that were allegedly scooped up in this cell phone dragnet, then how come they can't use the same technology to find out who placed the alleged bombs in front of the RNC and the DNC, the FBI? I mean, Kyle, it was early in the morning while it was still dark. There was no one else there. So that the cell phone would have hit would have been the bomber, right? Why wouldn't they use the same technology? Right. And not only did we know that, uh, you know, we know the guy had a cell phone, right? Guy or girl, whoever it was, we're assuming a guy. Um, because there was, yeah. there's footage of it and, yeah, and texting possibly going on, right? Like we got that footage that the FBI even put out. So we're making a big assumption here that they didn't do that. And, you know, I got put on a subject, a person of interest, uh, you know, not a, not someone that had any credible allegations against them yet, but DC has more cameras than any city that you can imagine. Like we're, we're short of Beijing. We don't have that going on, but there's an awful lot of cameras when you're in Washington, DC and they're everywhere and they're all timestamped. And a lot of them are on government buildings. So 
you know, walk following somebody from one location to another in Washington, D.C., especially when you have the buy in of the public, because I don't think anybody wants a uh, a guy who's dropping bombs right. in front of you know buildings. They're just indiscriminate <laughs> right. tools, right? They're just a, they, they are truly terrorist tools. And uh, right. it's not like some targeted activism. It's not a sniper who's telling somebody exactly what's going on. It's you, you drop something. You don't know what's going to happen next. So the FBI tracked somebody and we had pretty good information. And the information that I had was it was compelling when it was briefed to me. Um, and then that was the end of it. My team got put on somebody. We watched him and they uh, they pulled us off and they took us into the office and they told us to just evaluate leads, which was this garbage that was coming in out of West Virginia on the 800 number and the Internet tip lines and all that. And so we did all the lead process, you know, processing. And I talked to my buddies that are still on that team. Right. They're still working that surveillance mission in D.C. And they've never been put on him or anyone else like that again. That uh, is bizarre. I mean, like that feels calculated. I got to take a quick break here, but I got a question for you. I'm going to right after this is going to be short here. Is it possible the FBI knows who this person is and just doesn't want everyone else? So just keep that a thought in your head. I'm going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with a former FBI agent and a real patriot here, our friend Kyle Serafin. Almost every week you hear me talk about We The People holsters. This is mine. It's my holster for my Glock 43. It actually says We The People on it. Love this holster. One of the best holsters I've ever had. Got it early on. They've been a great sponsor of the show. We the People Holster has been a partner of the show for a long time. They don't just do holsters. You see me wearing their t-shirts on the show, like this one. This is a We the People Holsters t-shirt. People ask me all the time, where'd you get them? We the People Holsters. Their shirts are a world above the rest. Here's why. Not only have the best designs, the most patriotic and pro-Second Amendment designs, all their shirts are made in the USA down to the very cotton. We're talking cotton grown in America, sewn in America, printed in America, and shipped right to your door. Doesn't get any more American than that, folks. Check out their line of American-made shirts at wethepeopleholsters.com slash Dan. They make great gifts for the holidays, too. Use code DAN25, that's DAN25, to save 25% off your order. While you're there, also check out their complete line of custom-printed holsters, revolutionary freedom holster platform, and their industry-leading gun belts as well. That's wethepeopleholsters.com slash Dan. We the people holsters.com slash Dan use offer code Dan 25. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail from accepting payments to managing inventory. Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Now back to my interview with Kyle Surfer. So Kyle, is it possible, as I said before that quick break there, that the FBI knows who this is? I, I get it. We're speculating, folks. We're, we're both being candid and open and honest. Um, but they forced us to speculate because we have a data set of a bunch of inputs and they won't give us any output, the FBI. It seems to me that this could be someone who possibly worked with them in the past and the narrative doesn't work well. And therefore the case has been sidelined. Uh, it just doesn't make sense. The FBI is no way they're this incompetent that they can't find this January 6th bomber. Yes, I agree that the FBI is not that incompetent when it comes to finding people. They're actually pretty good at it. And we were really good at it. My, you know, my, just in the surveillance team, you give me a photograph and give me some basic information in a geographic location. We would drive and find cars that were driving, you know, on the move 
uh, in parking lots that we had never seen him pick up before. And, and we tied human beings that we'd never see from a photograph, like on a driver's license in the early morning hours. I mean, there's some really competent human beings that at tracking down other people. So yes. Um, I, I think I threw you for a loop on the, on the radio show this week. You I did, told you. Totally. I, <laughs> I'm like, wow. That's why I called my Fox team. I'm like, get this guy on the show again. I told Guy to get him on the podcast. You did when you threw me, I didn't, I didn't, I hadn't considered uh, that as, as one of um as one of the scenarios. So go, go ahead. Tell me, tell them what you told me. So, you know, I, I threw it against my, my folks that are still all working in the bureau. And, and I've, I've told you before that I've got literally hundreds of people in there and they don't all chime in every day, but they're all available. We mostly talk about stuff that's going on with the COVID tyranny. Um, but we also talk about what's just screwed up in the FBI. And so I said, why would it be that uh, you've got all this information? We had all these credible leads and uh, we can't find this guy. Like, how would that be? And someone goes, because it's a source. And by that, I'm saying a confidential human source, the FBI's, you know, word for a snitch or, a, you know, confidential informant. Every different law enforcement uses their own words for it. Um, I don't know if that's true. It's really troubling. It's, it's certainly like a realistic possibility. I, we're speculating. Mm. I got to be real clear on that. Yeah. I have no special information as the case. But when I was talking to uh, I've talked to a couple reporters and they're all pretty squared away, pretty investigative minded, I will say. And one of the things that came up because we talked about Ray apps because everybody wants to know and I don't. I don't know what Ray Epps was doing and I don't know what his story is other than the FBI interviewed him and they let him go. And that's weird because there's credible evidence on video of him, you know, riling people up and saying things that would have been of interest right. and probably could have gotten a misdemeanor charge, right? At the minimum, um, or inciting or something like that. And they let him go. And so I just always figured if you interviewed him, he probably wasn't an FBI source because his name would have hit against our database. But that doesn't mean he didn't work for another work on behalf of another government agency that and, and people have to understand that I'm not talking about them being a credentialed federal employee. I'm talking about someone that they get information from that they pay on the side for something that, you know, maybe he had he, he could have been self dispatched and then still worked for another you know uh, department. And, and the one that came up to me three times was was uh, Department of Homeland Security. Again, I don't know why I have that instinct. It just felt like it was a DHS kind of thing. If he worked for someone, that was my guess. But I don't know that that was true. It's just yeah. three other people told me the exact same thing. And that was their guess. And that's weird. Yeah. That's a weird thing for three random people who have never talked before to come up with by looking at the same evidence. So, you know, maybe, maybe he was just a guy that showed up and they decided they couldn't charge him, or maybe they were worried because of his age and his health or anything else, all possible. Um, but it doesn't rule out the possibility that he's, you know, got a name in a source room somewhere and somebody know that it would be really embarrassing if you added him. And the same thing could be true for this pipe bomber. It's just like, it who could knows? Nothing but, about the case makes sense, Kyle. I had a no. caller call in the radio show this week. I, I can't vouch for him. Let me be clear. Um, my call screener does the best they can in a limited amount of time but said he worked with the FBI, whether that means as an agent or on a team that worked with him, I don't know. But he was very clear with the jargon. I'm familiar with it. And he said, Dan, I was a bomb tech, worked with them. And he said, you know, something interesting happened after the January 6th, you know, alleged bomber case. He said, we typically as techs get these national emails from uh, the bomb uh, crew in the FBI there about this is what we saw with this particular bomb to look for patterns. He says, really strange. You know, they claim to have detonated that bomb they found there and no email notification ever went out. I, I, I think, again, I'm thinking this, I get it. I, I shouldn't even, because it's just weird. And I don't want to ask you to speculate anymore. Can I just throw you a little bit of a curveball? I kind of gave you a, 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 a summary of where I wanted to go with this interview. But just quickly, the country's fascinated by this just horrifying case in Idaho. 
Uh, mm-hmm. You're a skilled investigator. We we did not do homicides in the Secret Service. Obviously, we did financial crimes. But the FBI, I know you weren't a behavioral profiler, but these guys, these this FBI, this profile team is really, really good. Does this case make any sense to you at all? I mean, Kyle, the, the, we have think about it. Since I left federal law enforcement a decade ago, DNA tracing technology has grown geometrically. Right? You've got cameras have grown extra geometrically. They're everywhere now. Right? How yep. is this person killed for? undergrads and seemingly escaped cameras, DNA, no murder weapons found, no blood trail. This is any, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to throw this out of left field, but you've been an FBI guy. We should probably just quickly, you have any thoughts on it? It's interesting uh, in so much as, you know, and I've only looked into it on a cursory level because it's just, it's a local tragedy in a lot of ways for, you know, it's not something that has touched my family. I'm, I'm empathetic to the families. I think it's just the worst thing you could imagine. It sounded like there were two roommates that, that lived, you know, that slept through the attack. If everything yeah. made sense on there, that's really wild. You know, this is one of those places where you'd wonder, does it make sense to have a geo fence? warrant right like not to tie it all back if you had credible reasons to use it that's a really narrow thing you can ping it off the wi-fi in the house you should dump all those i got to imagine they did that right they got to go out there and they got to dump the uh you know the the router if somebody carried a phone but it's actually it's sort of troubling if you look at the, the homicide clearance rates that have uh you know they've, they've dropped in this country precipitously and i don't know if it's because we're better at classifying homicides or if we're We've got, you know, more scruples about whether or not, you know, we actually didn't solve it, whether they were doing put up jobs in the 50s and the 60s and the 70s or, you know, when I was a kid in the 80s, maybe that was the case. It there, there's a lot of really weird things, but people do strange and horrible things all over this country and they get away with it pretty frequently. It's um, yeah, yeah it's, which is shocking. The whole case, it's it's troubling because it's a tiny little town. If you've ever been there, I mean, Moscow. I've driven through it. Yeah, it's I've just, never, the, no, I've never been there. It's probably one of the few states I'm, I'm, I don't think I've, you know, with the secret service on campaigns, you wake up, you forget why I don't even right. know where I've been and haven't, uh, but sure. I know I haven't been to Moscow, but yeah, it's just really odd. And I, I know the profile I've met a few, I got one on my Fox show. Uh, you'll be on tomorrow with another uh, former FBI agent. The profilers are, are very good. I mean, their they profile, are. you know, they're, they're really good at what they do. I mean, this isn't like voodoo stuff. They go, they can analyze blood spatter uh, patterns and things like that. Um, you know, how the, 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 the murderer got in and they can, they can put together a pretty solid profile. And it just seems strange. I think also with this, Kyle, I, I know you've got experience with this, but this is not a knock on it. Please, folks, you know, I love you all in law enforcement, but it's an experience thing, too. I mean, thank the Lord Moscow hasn't had a homicide in seven years. But right. working a homicide like NYPD detectives, for instance, in the 7-5 I worked with, Kyle, they'd work a homicide or two a week sometimes. It's just a yep. different level of work experience. I'm not knocking them, but you'd agree. Or you've seen it. It's just, you know, it, it's it's tough to do these things. It requires repetition. It, I mean, it's, it's also horrible to think that there are people that are so good at it because they do it all the time. That's just yeah. a really sad yeah, statement. True. But there's no question. It's a skill set, right? I mean, I, I, I went to death investigations when I was working on the Indian Reservation. So a lot of times they were pretty clearly suicide, but you got to rule out all the causes. And you get better at it and you take trainings on it. And, I, and I've done trainings in cold case and I've done trainings in, in uh, you know, crime scene exploitation and kind of looking at that. And there's certain things you look for. But if somebody, you know, didn't show up with a phone and they didn't leave a weapon and they didn't have an obvious motive and there wasn't, you know, a text message saying what was going to happen before it happened, because a lot of people are just really most most of these things are crime of passion. 
if somebody is yeah. really just a truly bizarre grifter, but everything we heard about it too, was that they probably knew how to get in and they knew the dog and it didn't, you know, it's just a mess. It's just, yeah. it, it doesn't seem to line up. And, and, and the worst is that it was just, you know, four beautiful souls that were snuffed out right. of this world that before they got a chance to do anything and God knows what they could have done in this world. So that's really awful. No, I, I, I get it. I, I know uh, we were going to talk about other stuff, but you're a really good <laughs> investigator. So let me, a couple more things. I want to get to your personal situation, but before that, uh, just quickly, your thoughts. Elon Musk takes over Twitter, our biggest story in the country, one of them right now. Um, and he's mm-hmm. got the goodies. I mean, as someone said, I saw on Twitter today, Elon Musk didn't buy a company. He bought a crime scene. I mean, he's mm-hmm. now going to threatening to release, uh, which is good, all of the information about what Twitter did to interfere in the 2020 election. Uh, you having been and worked in the FBI, been a former agent, no one's more passionate about cleaning up this entity than you. I don't think a lot of people understand why you're doing this. I do. I know who you are. You're a good and decent guy. I know you care about the agency. I see it in your eyes. I've spoken to you about it personally. They are never, ever going to clear up their reputation if they don't come clean about what happened with their role in suppressing this Hunter Biden story before the election with Facebook, and we already had Mark Zuckerberg come out and say FBI agents came in and spoke to him. They've got to come clean on this or the public's never going to trust them again. It's 100 percent true. The The scary thing is, is that so many uh, agents, I think they, they don't want to be political and that's a good instinct, but they also sort of lose being informed by trying to avoid that. Um, I talked to a, a academy friend of mine um, two nights ago and I mentioned something and I, you know, I said, my, my life's gotten pretty dramatically weird over the last couple months and, uh, you know, two months or so. And uh, he goes, yeah, I, I knew it was going to get weird, but you'll be fine. And I said, well, I appreciate that. And he goes, you know, what made it weird? And I said, well, I went on Dan Bongino's podcast and, and that kind of started a spin for me. And he goes, I don't know what a Dan Bongino is. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> well, do you live under a rock? Don't like, how is that possible? <laughs> yeah. He's not one, he's not um, one of your watchers. Which, but like, here's the thing. I, I expect... I have about a 90% success rate of saying your name and people have seen you either on Fox or they've heard you on the radio, they've seen your podcast, particularly in the military and law enforcement world. Like we like having one of our own out there with a big voice that understands what the job is about. So when you, when you get somebody that tells you they never heard of it, and I had the similar experience sitting in an office talking to my former supervisor and he and I were discussing just a wild video. Somebody mixed a bunch of Hunter Biden, you know, um, worst hits to a Biggie Small song and it was funny. And so we're watching this and I go, can you believe that like all this stuff is coming out of this laptop and it's been there for two years and guy walks in, he goes, what are you guys talking about? And we said, we're talking about the laptop that Hunter Biden abandoned. And he goes, when did that happen? It's like 2020 oh, or 2019. <laughs> like it happened years ago. Are you Literally kidding? years ago, had no idea. Had never, heard. he worked <laughs> national security, had never heard of it. And then all, by all accounts, a decent guy. You know, he was a West Point graduate. He was a probably like a very honorable human being. Like I, I didn't have any problems with the guy as a human being, but just completely yeah. uninformed. That's crazy to me that people are out there working on a, on a job that has a national reach. That's the FBI. Like we are a national law enforcement agency. So how are you not paying attention to what's going on in the national news? It just seems bizarre, but it's true all over the place. So it's more of kind of like an, an ignorance is bliss again, go along to get along thing where someone says, Hey, you know, we're just going to go talk to the FBI. We're going to, excuse me, we're going to go talk to Facebook about what we think is a Russian disinformation plot, this Hunter Biden thing. And a couple of guys are like, okay, whatever. Like, I'm, and I, I get it. Believe me, my brother, Kyle, I'm not questioning you one bit. I tell this story often. When I was in secret service training, a guy made a joke. We're in the, it was a protective intelligence guy. And he's like, threat cases, man. It's the most important thing we do. Can't get the president killed. And everybody, of course, not under, yeah, of course, we, we do. We protect the president. 
And a, a kid raises, or a guy in my class raises his hand and said, well, what do you do if there's like, you see a computer on the table in a house and you think this guy's a presidential assassin? The guy's like, you just break the window and go get it. He was, I swear he was joking. We were driving sure. home in the van that night and the kid's like, man, I didn't know we could do that. I thought we had to go to court to get warrants. <laughs> and I'm like, bro, he was joking. He was, so That's I it. get what you're talking about. The ignorance is bliss thing. All right, I want to wrap with this. So you have come out. Uh, you are a genuine patriot and a good guy uh, trying to clean up the FBI. And yet you find yourself under attack. Um, they, they don't like you speaking out. And also, did something happen with you with Facebook, too? <laughs> Just yesterday or the day before, I guess. Um, yeah, I opened up my email. So I've got all these people whispering in my ear. I'm sure you got the same kind of thing, especially when you're first oh, trying yeah. to figure out what's going on. And they're, they're you know, somebody was like, well, you got to have a Facebook account. You got to at least hold the place there in case you ever want to use it. It's like, all right, that makes sense. It's the same reason why I got on any social media. It's why I have a Twitter account. It's why I have a true social. And, uh, you know, my bandwidth is basically sapped with just two of those trying to keep track of it. But I opened the email up and, and my brand new Facebook account, which the last time I had a Facebook account was probably 2006. I mean, I, I got out of college and then they still required a .edu email address to be yeah. on Facebook when I was leaving. And, uh, you know, I, I got into the military and I just didn't want that exposure and I didn't want to be part of it. So, yeah, I opened up my first Facebook page in, you know, what, 12 something years but it's more than that. It's 15 years or more. And uh, it says you've been suspended. And I went like, what the heck am I suspended for? First of all, they don't tell you. So that's pretty funny. I got no idea. And the second is the only thing that I had on my, my Facebook page was a, uh, a like a snipped up version of me talking about the Holocaust Museum with you the first time we sat down. It's about a, a doll, you know, two minute video, maybe something like that. Yeah. And it's just some music and me talking and it's, you know, it's kind of chopped up or whatever. And my buddy put it together and it's something that we put up on our give, send, go to let people know what our principles are, you know, and who we're supporting and people that believe like I do. Um, yeah, that was good enough. And so I haven't heard back from them. I appealed it, but I expect I'll be permanently zucked or whatever they call it. <laughs> like come out. What's the FBI's response been since you've been speaking out? They, uh, you know, they really love me. They're really proud of me. They just, I'm sure. Very encouraging. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I, I got a, uh, I got an email this week and it said, uh, actually, I got an email from my attorney because they didn't reach out to me directly. My last two emails went unanswered. I sent one off to the security division. They're doing an investigation into me and another one into the uh, inspection division. And they're doing an investigation about me being unprofessional. And inspection, which is what we usually call like OPR, but inspection does the investigation. OPR does the punishment. And they did a, uh, they sent me a notice or they sent my attorney a notice that he passed on to me that said that they added a charge of being uncooperative because I exhibited quote unquote adversarial behavior to inspection personnel and to um, Albuquerque field office personnel, which so is you funny. you didn't kiss their ass enough? So is that, was that the problem? You didn't like pucker up when they wanted you to? Did they show you well, a butt cheek and say, hey, kiss our ass? Because I got a lot of that too, from people early on, like they were, you know, they were upset. Like, I, you know, yeah. how dare you? How dare, how dare you do what? I mean, I'm a free American. So I do whatever the hell I want. I'm not, I'm not breaking the law. I got a lot of that too. Well, the first, I think my crime, you know, in their eyes, the quote unquote crime, I betrayed them because, um, I, I just had this instinct when I called, I called to see if they got one of my other emails. Cause there was no response. And, uh, the woman who picked it up is a, you know, he's a, she's a supervisory investigator and, um, she, <laughs> she started lecturing me and giving me this weird counseling session. And I, and I just, I have this instinct of recording things when I know it's legally allowed. So she was in a one party consent state. I was in a one party consent state. I just turned on the recorder and I let it run. And I went 68 minutes of her just telling me to stop moving and you don't know, my complicate favorite part, things. My favorite part 
is when she does that. Just stop. Just yeah. as if, no, 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 here's the deal. I was, if you guys just stop, like violating <laughs> the civil rights of American citizens, I promise you. I Here's the funny thing about you, Kyle. You would be, you're a great guy and I love you to death, but your story's only interesting because you're exposing what they're doing, not what you're doing. There's no Correct. whistleblower about you. Oh, Kyle Servant, we found him with a dead body. In his you're the one calling out their bull stuff. That, oh, That's it. He's giving me the That's wrap I mean, she- she yeah. even told me too, is she was like, you know, just because you're legally allowed to do something doesn't mean you can do it. Oh, hilarious. <laughs> it does. The, 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 the queen of lack of self-awareness. Right, put right. that on your wall in a quote. Like they have the thing when you hit the Yankee sign when you come out. I mean, are you That's serious? It. Kyle, listen, I got to run. You're always awesome. Thanks for your time. I'll see you on the Fox show Saturday night at nine o'clock. Thanks for your time and thanks for speaking out. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Dan. I appreciate it. You got it. <laughs> well, thanks again for tuning in, folks. I hope you enjoyed that interview as much as I did. I'll be on my Fox show tomorrow night, unfiltered at 9 p.m. Kyle will be a guest. We've got a loaded stack show for you to uh, really appreciate it if you tune in. I will see you back here on Monday. Good day, sir. You just heard Dan Bongino.